0: Hello. Welcome to Lost State
1: Records. going to turn into dust say, a silver service warning Hello, my name is Trey and this is the Lost State Records podcast. Thanks for tuning in or listening, whatever. Um so today I have a special treat. Uh, we are going to be doing an interview with Tyler Basson, I think it's pronounced Basson. Let me uh, let me double check that. Let me do the speak function on my computer. Bizin, Bizin. Okay, you hear that? Bizin. Okay, it's uh, Tyler Bizin. Um, yeah, we uh, just chatted with Tyler for a little bit about um, about. His company. He runs a company called Audio Geography Studios. Um, he does basically lathe cut records, uh, all made manually by hand, uh, each one for bands, um, labels, basically anyone that can't afford to get vinyl done because vinyl is so expensive. Um, yeah, that's main mainly Tyler's uh, forte as he runs his lathe company um, uh, also he's in a couple cool bands he's in a band called Night Witch it's a cool hardcore punk band from Florida um, he also does Tragwag which is his personal solo project um, yeah we just chatted for a bit um, I've known Tyler for a bit uh, we have never really talked on the phone or in person uh, just through the internet uh, he's done he did one lathe cut record for us back in the day Lost Eight, for uh, the Rebel Scum, post nothing split. Um, but yeah, um, I don't really know how else to set this up. Just gonna play it. Um, hope you enjoy it. I think it's it's a little long, not too long. Uh, but yeah, here's uh here's a track called "Drop Dead" from uh, Night Witch Tyler's band. So then you have to go into the website, punch it in, pay them, and then they would mail it out to somebody. Uh, uh But, but anyway, sorry, I'm like ranting. But anyways... No, so, no, that's uh, good.
0: That's good. Do
1: you... Are you... um, Are you... Where you set up all your lathe rec- record cutting stuff, is that in like your house or do you have an- another place? I remember watching your the video you did, like... um, It was... I don't know if it was for... Like you did it or someone did a whole like video where they like interviewed and like you showed yeah, them Yeah, I set that up. You did that. Okay. Um
0: Yeah, yeah. My my friends shot the video, but it was like something that I kind of scripted for me cuz my biggest problem early on was like people didn't know what went into making a lathe cut record. Like they had no idea.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh and I was like, well, the best way is just to like physically show them. Yeah, for know? sure. So, and they're like, "Oh, now I get why you know it takes a little <clears> longer because you do each one in real time. Yeah. So and like you you know it's only me in the video. I'm doing all the process. Yeah, yeah it's
1: just you. Do you and, do uh, you ever have anyone help uh, yeah. you though? Like when you do certain I big did, runs. Back
0: In Connecticut, I did, but just for the marble tapes because that's so labor-intensive. Oh, dude, I w- yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because um, those are nuts. But yeah, since I moved to Florida, I've had the studio in my apartment. Um, which was three years ago now. So, uh, before that I rented space from a lacquer cutting engineer, Dietrich Schoneman, um, back in Connecticut. And, um, I essentially just had a closet. It was like 10 by 10 and, uh, just had the lathes in there and just worked, but it was cool. And it was, it's how I got going, you know? So,
1: yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, see, I made a little list of like just talking points because uh, I'm, f- yeah. I'm Fox News over here. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wanted to start out. I wanted to talk to you about your bands. Um, I haven't, I don't know too much about your band specifically. I've checked out your one band, it's called Night Witch, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I played drums in Night Yeah, Witch. I saw, I
1: listened to some of that just kind of like a, like a hardcore punk band. Uh, Style, I uh, which I, I listened to uh, some of it. I think you posted it on Facebook a while back, like something, and I like listened to it a little bit. But I have like such ADD that like I'll be like, oh, this is cool, and then I'll just like forget and move on. And yeah, and it's, uh, of course, when you're on Facebook, I'm just like flipping around and I can't pay attention, but uh, just going all over the place. You know, yeah. you know, what's funny is your band's called Night Witch, and uh, there's a band here in Portland, they're my friends, they're a band called Dead Witch. And also, there's ah. another band called, like, there's there, like the word "witch" is pretty Closet
0: witch cl- witch bender <laughs> witch yeah. bender.
1: Uh, but yeah, I, I just noticed that "witch" was like a kind of a staple, and and, it, and and they all kind of fell in like a hardcore punk kind of like genre. Right, they <laughs> do or they death all metal. Do,
0: yeah, right, right, right. But if you haven't, and so I yeah. Oh, sorry. I I joined that band when I moved to Florida. They'd been a band since 2013, okay. um, and then the drummer was going to grad school and just didn't didn't have the time to like actively be in it anymore. Uh, and it's funny, he's like one of my best friends in town, and we're wicked similar. So when I'd show up to shows, like for the first few shows, bands from out of town were like, "Oh, hey, it's nice to see you again." And I'm like, "Oh no, I'm I'm the new guy." And they're like, "You're exactly like Nate, the old guy." Yeah. So. <laughs> It was great. It was really great. I just kind of like, you know, just kind of filled that in. vacancy real quick and like with no problem. Well, that's good. So yeah,
1: I, uh, I've never, I'm trying to think of the time I joined. It's different from starting a band with people, you know, instead of just joining a band. It's always, um, yeah. it, I've, I've felt that there's a band I joined once that, um, it was more so like the front person, like this is my band. You're this, you know, you're this uh, member in the band. And it's basically my, you know, my show, which um, I always feel like, depending on if you're like down with it, or if it's like kind of like a paid gig job, like a band, then it'd be like one thing. But um, I've been in one or two bands where I joined and I wasn't really in control of like, most of the aspects of it, so those bands I always found that I'd be like a little less interested in, not like not less interested, but just not as it's a hundred percent down. Yeah. So, and then you also do, you have your own solo. It's called Tragwag. Tragwag. Yeah. Trackwag. <laughs> Tra- yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It stands for that really awesome guy with a guitar, yeah. which is a. Terribly long and inefficient <clears throat> Name that I came up with when I was 15 Years old it's like sort of Like a who's on first kind of joke Yeah <laughs> like oh have you Heard of that really awesome guy with the guitar Oh which one oh that really <laughs> Yeah yeah awesome that guy, yeah, that guy,
1: that guy. <laughs> No that's cool
0: um, yeah I, I've,
1: I've Noticed you uh, You're pretty pretty um, prolific. I'm going to use a big word pretty prolific with um, Playing a lot of shows I, I've noticed under that Name and then also, I think I've se- seen you guys are pretty active as far as Nightwedge too, which is really, yeah, which is yeah. really cool. Have you, uh, have you ever done like a full tour under Tragway? Uh,
0: uh, you mean full band or, or just like, no, no, uh, just
1: like a full like? Have you ever done? Have you even done a full like U.S. tour with any kind of act, plane
0: wise? Um. Yeah. Well, my yeah, my first tour. Uh. Well, I've done pretty consistent East Coast tours. My first tour ever was uh, like a two-week full U.S. tour, which was a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) I had a bandmate uh, in Tragwag at the time. It was 2009, and uh, we just kind of hoofed it. You know, we were like 18, 19. I must have just turned 19, and uh, we just kind of... Just drove like 10 hours a day, some days 16 or 18 hours because we were nuts yeah. and like didn't know what we were doing at all. Uh, I only had two weeks off from my job at the time, so I just said, let's do it. And we made it all the way to like a suburb of LA and like we played the kickoff show at my house in Connecticut where I grew up and we made it all the way to like a suburb of LA, all the yeah, way dude, down to like Orlando, Florida intense. and all the way back in two weeks, which was just nuts. So that, that was like a real thing. But after that, pretty much every break from school, I toured with either Tragwag or this band I played drums in mm-hmm. in college called Atlas the Atom Smasher. Um, that was like 2011, 2012. Uh, then after college, I toured Tragwag again pretty much, you know, consistently once or twice a year, which has been super cool. Um, just keeping it to a week, like up in Connecticut, I did one to the Midwest. I did a like extended weekend to Canada. Uh, and then since being in Florida, it's mostly just been, um, <clears throat> did, I did a track wag run up the East coast again. And then a, like a week in Florida with my friend Dakota, who I just did a split with. And then just, it was only a few weeks ago. We did like a, a week Okay. And I can't name this region the southeast of the US like within 2 or 3 hours of Atlanta. Okay. Like almost to like Asheville and the the mountains there, you know, but not not like the coast. So that was cool. Yeah, for sure. Um and wicked different. Yeah, that's like.
1: l- <laughs> Yeah, wicked It's it's fucking wicked. Um, That's uh, my new
0: England coming out, man. That's it. It's your new
1: yeah. So wait, so where where are you from? Are you from Connecticut, or where are you originally from?
0: Yeah, yeah. I was born in Connecticut, um, and I grew up there. And I went to college in Massachusetts, just like two hours away in Lowell, Massachusetts. Okay. Then I moved uh, back to Connecticut to start um, my internship, that eventually became Audio Geography.
1: Okay. Wait, internship for. Oh, at like the lacquer place that.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. It, so you were interning as-
1: at a lacquer because I remember you you do a lot of um, like pre-cutting lacquers for people for when they get um like records done through yeah, audio geography. Was, but so you were you yeah. were learning how to do that specific, just doing lacquers.
0: Mm-hmm. That was at Dietrich's Place in Connecticut. And he essentially bought the lathe cut stuff okay, and yeah. told me my internship was like how to use it. Okay. Uh, but that was through college. Like technically, it was a class. Oh, okay. Like oh, credit okay. for college and had to have certain circumstances and like certain hours a week and all that stuff.
1: Okay. So the so. the machines that you use, you found those... I remember in your video you did. I think you explained it, but I I, don't, I can't remember right now. Uh, you uh, you found those yourself and got them, or did did the internship like they kind of helped you find? Oh,
0: these? Dietrich, yeah, yeah. Dietrich found the first one. It was for sale through a guy who did actual lathe teching for um, the pro units, like okay. the Neumann uh, disc cutting system that Dietrich was using. This was his his kind of tech uh, guy. So he had a uh, one of the sort of lathe cut for plastic ones for sale, um, which he didn't know or care a whole lot about. He was like, "This is out of my range, but I have it." So, and Dietrich bought it yeah. uh, at at the time for a great price and was like, "Okay, I mean, figure out how to use it if you can." And uh, I was like, "I'm down for this challenge. Like, this is my exact thing I want to be doing." So, I just figured out how to use it, and yeah. within three months of that, I was I took my first order. Like, um. In August, I think it was. Yeah. So. Dude, that's so and then sorry. eventually, yeah. I I found I found the same exact machine in the tiny town that I was doing my internship in, in Bethel, Connecticut. Yeah. Outside of Danbury. And uh, it was like a friend of a friend. We had the same birthday. So we were all hanging out because we had the same birthday. What the hell? And uh, mm, that's Yeah, weird. it was nuts. And I was like, oh, I make records. Like, I'm trying to make records for a living. <clears throat> and she was like, my... My grandpa has a recording studio, and this was his house. Do you want to go look at it? And I was like, yeah. Hell yeah. And there it sat, the same lathe that I was using, like, two miles away. Was it
1: in better condition or, like, worse condition than the one you have?
0: Oh, it was much worse condition. Like, not really really working and Mm. sort of had to piece stuff together. Um, Because the other one we bought was, like, at least a little bit gone over by that first tech. So, I bought that whole almost the whole basement of stuff from um, that person which was cool bunch of stuff in there I still have and like used some of the rest of it to upgrade that lathe um, and eventually after a year or two of of having and, and working those presto lathes that's the presto 6n yeah um, I sold one of those to get a vinyl recorder it's a stereo lathe so <laughs> and I just kept Doing that, now I have two vinyl recorders and one of the Presto.
1: Vinyl, wait, so what's... what's Is vinyl recorder is like, actually cutting to vinyl? Or wait, so, can you explain that?
0: Oh, yeah, no, it's just the name of oh, the just, stereo oh, lathe. Just, uh, okay. it, yeah, it still cuts to plastic, but it's, it has a stereo cutting head, and it's like a, oh, it's more of a complete ste- system.
1: So the older ones were only mono, then? Yeah, yeah. So those were only, yeah, okay. Um... So the 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 lathe machines you have, yeah, they're only mono. And then so the newer ones, are they like newer like modern machines or are they from like like the 70s yeah. or, or no, like when what, do you know when those ones were made?
0: Yeah, they were made as far as I know in like the early to mid 2000s. Um and they're still technically made today but with some hoops. The guy who made them uh not to slam him, but uh, it's like Uh-oh. it's a process to get one from him, really? and I didn't go through that process. I bought them from people, not from oh, okay. the creator. Okay, so I don't have support from the creator of the vinyl recorder.
1: You mean as far um, as if, um, like did he have a warranty or something? Like if something fucks up, you can no, like, no,
0: he's or you mean support, he made like. It, he made it so he was the he was the only guy you could buy cutting needles and blanks from, but I've oh. never bought cutting needles and blanks from him. I buy from a a, a third party company in France yeah. because I don't oh. have support from the owner because he didn't the owner didn't train me on it.
1: Oh, did I is just he, is, already is he knew not-
0: about cutting? Is he not willing to like? Sell? Have you talked to him before? Or is he just willing to not no, sell you? No, I've never even tried because he just ignores messages from people who haven't gone through the training.
1: Training for what? He's like, all right, you have to. I have to sit there and show you how to use my machine. Yep. Before
0: you, can but I even. already knew about cutting because I'd been cutting for yeah. you know a year and a half at that point. But before I got the first one, and I knew how to work it essentially. Yeah. I knew what everything did and what it was for. And I mean, there's some specific calibrations, but, you know, I've cutting experience. So it wasn't wasn't a problem at all to figure out how it worked and, and sort of calibrate it to my workflow. Okay. Uh, but he sells it, you know, generally mostly to DJs and people making their own electronic music okay. who are just going to cut their own dubs and go to the club and play them like every week. That kind of okay. deal. Uh, that's, that's kind of that's what I presume he intended it to be used for, you know, not necessarily for that's somebody very, to run their livelihood doing a business on it. <clears throat> well, you, like think he'd be, ordering... you think
1: he'd be excited. He'd be like, oh, this is really cool. You're like doing lathe cuts for all these. Now he's just like, yeah, it's for like DJs. I'm like, that's even such a small niche market as far as just yeah, cause a- he... specific DJs with that actually are spinning their turntables, mm-hmm. like actual mm-hmm. record players. Uh, dude, no one uses record players yeah, anymore.
0: They, they all use CDJs. Um, right, and he doesn't really want somebody to copy his design. So if you know about cutting, yeah. and you're somebody who's knowledgeable, like you might just copy his design.
1: Oh, hey! So and I have your I have your uh, record uh, lay thing, but um, here I found these tweaks to make it work better. And he's like, you think he would want to like be like, oh, okay, I'll work with you instead of like. You know what? Fuck you! No. Don't, don't talk to me. He
0: just ignores Th- you and cuts you off. Like well, you know, you know what you should do, Tyler. You should yeah. start.
1: You should design. You should like mod out the one that he just has, and it. then and then get someone to like make a patent and then you can make a better one, and then he'll just be really pissed.
0: It's possible. It's possible. Nobody has really succeeded since this guy essentially
1: making it's, lathes like lathes. Lathes is that a right lathes. term? Making lathes. It's yeah, it's almost like yeah. the same. If you like cut wood and shit, it's like a lathe. Like it, it
0: is the same exact. So it's word, like the yeah. same
1: concept. Uh, do you know? Uh, so he's the only one who would make who makes like makes. There's any- some to
0: be fair. There's some people like uh, working at it. They have prototypes and that kind of thing, but they're not necessarily for sale uh, publicly yet.
1: So. Yeah. Um. What. Uh, how many other people do you know that are doing lathe cut records besides? I know that there's Little Elephant that makes their own kind of like actual, and those are like I think high quality, high def, like actual they vinyl. Use,
0: no, no, they use the same um, stereo cutting machine. Well, there's okay. technically is is uh their cutting machine is custom made, but it's the same principle as the, yeah. my I call them hi fi cuts. Uh, hi fi, yeah, yeah hi fi. That's just it. Just means stereo cut with a diamond needle um, and actually a cut groove. Um, so they they're laid custom, but it's essentially the same idea as the vinyl recorder. Okay. Um, Does um, but I know it's cut I, I, into plastic, n- not technically pressed PVC, which is what I would call vinyl. Yeah, yeah, for it's, sure. It's the it's the plastic of some polycarbonate or softer polycarbonate blend. Yeah. Just the same as I do with the hi-fi cuts, yeah.
1: For sure. I don't know if I've ever seen in person the hi-fi cut ones, and uh, I know the, the lower ones were like the clear acrylic kind of plastic ones that you would use, but um, I just That's remember probably the little- carbonate, yeah. Yeah, the I don't, I should know more of the facts behind all the little. I mean, like I, I I understand everything as far as how everything works. I just don't know the names or how to describe certain things. Um, but I just remember a little elephant. Yeah, they they like take photos of it and it um and it was like really dark. And in my head, I was assuming it would be like I I only thought there was like the clear like you just cut on clear like a polycarbonate and then uh. But then, then I was like, oh, did they actually get like slabs of like vinyl and then they were cutting but it's just the same stuff but it's, is it just dyed like dark or is it just a, yeah, black,
0: a black? Yeah, essentially. Poly- yeah, there is like- there is black polycarbonate. Uh, I just for my purposes and cuz historically I was only getting clear. Yeah. Uh, I just keep clear as my standard. Yeah. It does help differentiate too like for people who are making lathe cuts that they're always clear. Yeah. Um I offer colors. Now I offer black, white, red, green, and blue. Yeah. Uh, because my supplier offers black, white, red, green, and blue, but they're an upcharge from clear. So
1: So when you get when you get all the um the slabs for making lathes, lathe cut records, uh I noticed before you had uh where you can just do square like cuts or you can actually right. like like I went through that one time, it's a couple of years ago. I got those uh um, for a band called Rebel Scum and Post Nothing, I think I don't even I don't even remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got those records made, and then you screen printed the back, and I remember when I got them and I pulled it out and I was like, oh shit! It almost looks just like a normal black seven inch because the back it was all screen, but it's you know it's clear, but it almost looked yeah. like with the design it looked like an actual like seven inch, and it was it was pretty awesome. It was uh, exactly. it smelled it smelled pretty uh, intense. I mean obviously pretty hefty, yeah. Yeah, um, I actually got some other records screened on, and when I got them, I just like I pulled them out, and I was like, "Oh, like it was just they were they're pretty fresh. They were pretty yeah, fresh." Yeah, it hurts. Still. Yeah, uh, it it took a while for them to like kind of, you know, air like, out, smell yeah. Go away. yeah. You want to know the main
0: good. difference? How you can always tell a lathe cut from a pressed record? Um, I I think I know what the main
1: difference is, but please tell me.
0: A pressed record is always tapered. Like the center label area is thick and the mm-hmm. edge is thick and in the middle it is a thinner diameter. So you can always tell when a record's been pressed. Yeah. Because the edge the edge and the center are different thickness than the label area. Yeah. And you can see you oh, can yeah. see All where right. the yeah. stamper imparts in the label. Lathe cut yeah. always flat the whole way across. Always flat, yeah. Always flat. That's how you know. Yeah, Even I was if like, it has a label it's flat. Yeah. I was actually surprised
1: um when I got those uh lathe cuts from you and I put one on my record player. Honestly, I you know, I was like oh this doesn't sound like any different than a record besides it just sounded like a little like a little dirty and I was honestly yeah. surprised how good it sounded, just for like a clear piece of plastic being cut into. And right, uh, so, it, it honestly, really shouldn't work like that, you know. <laughs> it shouldn't, but I mean, well, the thing is, I had I have really nice like, uh, you know, big main speakers with a receiver, mm-hmm. and I have a I have an EQ and stuff, so I can actually fuck with it. Um, I mean, it's not very fancy. I don't know. Really, they're just like some uh front left and right speakers from like a like a surround sound system but they just sound decent cuz there's a you know a big enough like uh speaker in there and a little totally. tweeter and then uh yeah. and then I have a sub hooked up so it you know uh, but but besides that point I uh, I honestly was like dude this is like this is like really cool I was I was actually really like the first time I even saw that you could get Lathe Cut Records and or I think when I first found your company, <clears throat> I was like super pumped because, you know, like I've done a handful of vinyl releases. I've never, I've only done one where I actually set, like actually went through and set up the whole vinyl project. Uh, all the other mm-hmm. ones were just with other labels, me jumping on. yeah. Me just going, cool, here's like 200 bucks for my copies or, you know. Uh yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's a kind of a i mean honestly i i got there's a band called uh champagne colored cars that i helped put out their um ep on a single-sided uh like uh, a 12 inch but it's just front side the back screen printed uh
0: yeah they turned out
1: I really yeah. i don't know if you saw those photos when i was posting them they turned out really nice um those always do. That's a great look. Yeah, I got I got Chris from SquareVop to screen them, and uh,
0: absolute pro. Shout yeah. out to Chris. I uh, <laughs> I picked
1: the, yeah. Shout out to Chris. Uh, I picked the worst time because it took like fucking forever to get him. No, no, not his fault because he was in the middle of moving to his new facility. So yeah, I just right. uh, after getting the order order in and everything, and I was just like, it took so long. I was like, fuck. Uh, but. Uh, he did a really good job though, and uh, they're beautiful. But um, the <laughs> okay, so the the one issue we had is we did the vinyl release. It was such it was very frustrating getting this record made because uh, we went through um, we went through what A to Z Media, just because they literally were like the only one who had the lowest quote. I literally asked every single plant. I've asked every single person. They were like the cheapest one for like what we wanted. So yeah. Um, so we went with, we went through them and I know Chris has his opinions. He hates pirate press. He hates like because they're all just like brokers that outsource to like the- Czech Republic and some yeah you know which I, yeah I, I I understand his point like try, you know it's you should keep your money in America and try to like support local companies but um if you can
0: if, yeah. can, if you can know, it's it's
1: like dude like okay like if you if you're trying to get a project done and you know musical is like f- fucking almost a year backed up like you can't wait like no one else you know no one else is gonna sit there and just be like okay well i have a band that wants to put an album out i guess i'll just wait another year yeah i'll wait another year six
0: months at one point like oh boy yeah six even six months not anymore to be fair it's it's much better now because of so many more plants in the u.s now they've been trying to open up
1: what do you think about um jack white like his his uh third man record plant that he started. I remember everyone it's being really cool. stoked and I'm and I remember talking to people I was like, dude, that's super cool and then when it actually came to he it's like super high fucking priced and uh which I think he wanted to get it down. He said like he wanted to get it down uh to like affordable or affordable enough to where people can like go through their plant but also he marketed the his whole like record plant as if it was gonna be like for the, like...
0: Under, for the people. For the people, thing, yeah.
1: but I'm like, oh, okay, you're doing, like, represses of MC5 and, like, all this other bullshit. I'm like, which is I cool, think but... It's
0: hard to kind of separate his label from that plant, because, like, the label does a lot of reissues or, like, found oh, yeah, um, historical yeah. recordings, which is great. I love that they do that. And they keep the plant busy with mostly that stuff. The plant actually... so. Um, Dietrich, who I had rented space from, was an early proponent and supporter and I believe a sales rep for Viral uh, Manufacturing, which is the company that makes the warm tone record press, okay. which is what why there's so many new plants opening in the U.S. And Third Man is one of a viral pressing plant. It's um, yeah. I haven't checked up on it in a while, but it's essentially a record press that has uh, it's automatic and it has. It runs on electric power instead of steam. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, so the footprint is way less, and you can run it, uh, like, <laughs> with your phone or with an iPad as well as manually. It can be run much simpler. The cycle times are faster. The quality is more consistent. Just because it's a new production record well, press. Yeah, you know? it's
1: just newer, and they've probably manufactured it to. Be a little bit more streamlined, I'm assuming. Uh, Yeah, instead
0: of using like a 50 and 60 year old record press where the parts aren't made anymore and you're just kind of like putting band-aids on it and hobbling it along. There are still places that press great records with those presses, but the viral has like changed it where almost, you know, if you can afford a viral press, you can set it up like sort of in a garage. It doesn't need to be industrial zoned as it used to be. You know for steam heat and all that yeah, uh, it's a different world you know I mean it looked
1: awesome I watched you watched that video I'm assuming that Jack White did he did the tour I mean it literally yeah. I want I mean I want to go check it out like what yeah. my frust- my not my frustration, but when I talked to someone about how my only uh, beef was it seemed like he was marketing off the fact that it was gonna be like, hey hella cool plant for like you know all these punk kids may get records
0: made somewhat you know. They still got to pay bills. It's like a huge place. But yeah, really, like, I think mean, of it. maybe
1: down the road once they they have a lot of overhead. He spent like he had all those yeah. machines like built custom and all. It's like,
0: yeah, they're custom colorways and like it's it's public information. Like you can look up uh, the viral press is one hundred and fifty grand for the viral press. Yeah. And they bought like 10 or 20. I think they went in like they, you yeah. know, they could have gotten. I don't know. Like. <clears throat> Fifteen or instead of twenty, I'm not sure exactly how many they have, but you know, they went in and they knew what they were they knew what they were doing. Uh, they wanted to build a full scale pressing plant. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, 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 uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I think of it like this way. You know, I I try to, and and I know Chris Reject does his business the same way. Um, LVAC uh, LVAC or er, yeah, they do the they do the trash ink thing where it's like you get a super good deal deal. i do the same thing where i have a i have a package that's 27 inch squares on the Mm lo-fi and in in the u.s it's 85 bucks includes shipping just like you know your very bare bones package like as most basic as you can get it and it's you know just to keep it affordable for people who are like it's less than a hundred dollars you know if you're a musician and you're a band and, and you have something you want to make, you can leave with records to sell for less than a hundred bucks. Yeah, like, for sure. Um, I do notice... Trying to keep the. I did, I did
1: have a... I had a friend who wanted to get an uh, like a personal solo project made. And he wanted to get like... You know, I mean, vinyl's too expensive, but it was more of just like a, a project you just want to put out and like was thinking about getting hi-fi lathes done. But like still, like even... Doing a certain amount of those, he couldn't justify getting them made because it was like too much money, um, for just for them at the moment. But uh, I did notice that the, I mean, the lathe cut records are awesome, and but per cost probably plus labor and everything, they are pretty high per unit uh, based They're, off yeah of,
0: more per piece because it's because yeah.
1: it's, uh, it's so manual it's so uh, so manual of a process to make it totally understandable. Um, I just found that like trying to sell unless it's like a specific thing that people will like, if it was just like, Oh, like, Hey, we got like 10 copies made of uh, our album. Uh, like, you know, people are used to paying a certain price for like, Oh, like a record. And then you're like, Hey, so like pay like way more for this. Cause I, and then they're like, well, it's You'd not be
0: surprised. Well, it's not, yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: well, so I, what I was going to get at is this is my workaround for that is that the seven-inch lathes you made for that one release, I figured instead of just selling that because it per cost it was like seven to nine dollars or something like that. Instead of uh, mm. charging a bunch of money just for that, I did a seven-inch lathe cut record, and it comes with a cassette, and you pay like ten to twelve dollars, you know, depending on how much the it, yeah the cost was. So like I would bundle it, so if you get it, it just comes with a cassette with the cost. So and I could justify, justify charging the up, like the
0: upcharge on the cost of the, getting it made. But um yeah, you'd be surprised. Like I, you know, when I started, I have not really raised my prices since I started, which was I did notice seven that. years yeah. ago. No,
1: you've been pretty uh, consistent, which is pretty awesome, which you almost probably could up it a little bit with yeah, inflation yeah. and stuff. But the
0: uh, the pressed records have been going up and up and up. So like you almost can't. Depending on the quantity, like if you're pressing a seven inch record nowadays, it's like a thousand, was f- it's like over a thousand just for like yeah. 300. Right? <clears throat> it really is. I remember like you're going to yeah. be at least like four or five bucks and you can get a lathe cut for five or six bucks depending on the, on yeah. um, what you're picking. Like it's, it's coming back around. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you think that, and like, you know, when you're going in the record store, you're seeing a new seven inch sell at the record store. For ten to twelve dollars. Yeah, they they
1: have jumped. I think that is also just from the. I'm not the, buying those. The vinyl, <laughs> the vinyl boom from what the last. I love how um, there's like th- like different bigger outlets or news. They're like, oh, like vinyl, yeah, vinyl revival. Everyone and I'm like, yo, I feel like all these emo and these punk kids are the one who brought this back, and then everyone's trying to like, oh, cool, like everyone's oh, the vinyl boom, it. yeah, um, which is. Which is yeah. I was just talking to my my uh, my girlfriend the other day that we were talking about because it was record store day the other day, and uh, I have my yeah. own, I have my own opinions and, you know I don't I, I I I don't have the most favorable view of record store day just from certain things that I've studied and uh, from talking to people and especially other labels who all literally just like get frustrated because. I don't know so much now because I feel like a lot of labels I knew and a lot of people just, like, don't do anything anymore and or it's too much yeah, it's too much money to just, like, because a lot of these labels that you work with I know that I do, like, even me, it's just kind of like a side thing I've been doing for a long time. I don't do it as a primary source of, like, income. I only do yeah, this yeah, just because yeah, I yeah. started, I wanted to put out my own music and I was like, fuck it. Like, I saw all these other labels. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, this is, I've told someone this before. Uh, I used to, do you remember Driftwood Records? Did you ever work with Driftwood? Oh yeah. yeah. I did
0: a lot, a lot with them. So, um,
1: yeah, I remember that is what kind of kickstarted me wanting to do a label because I I used to talk to Dandy and work with Dandy. And, uh, that went down, you know, I don't have to, right. don't have to get into that whole backstory. I've already talked to someone about that on the podcast, but, uh, yeah, uh, That's basically what I was like. You know what? Fuck it. I can do this. Like, I'll just start a label and like put out cassettes. And one of my first—that's
0: the best part about it. Like,
1: anyone can do it, and that's why you know. It's it's not it's not that hard. Um, I I think that I was naive at first going into it because like I mean I had more I had more money just sitting around because like at that time I was living with my parents and like I had a lot more money to like blow on just getting tapes and i used to make a lot of my own tapes too but then that just was right dude it was i literally was like i made a cassette release a while back i dubbed some tapes for someone and i had like flashbacks of like i was like dude i fucking hate making tapes like i really don't like doing it anymore (laughs) like you know there's people that do it and they love i'm like i just don't have time i have i don't have enough time man like i especially now i'm like i gotta fucking work I got other shit yeah. to do. I don't have time to sit here and dub 100 fucking cassettes, you know? So uh, yeah. that's why I started going through A to Z audio, which A to Z audio is great. Uh, they've fucked up like one or two of my tapes, though. Like, on, it was an accident. Like, they they made it right, though. Like, they either they gave money back yeah. or they, like, literally just, like, didn't charge me for certain things. So, you know, shit happens, right, shit right. happens when you're, you know, they're, they're pretty busy. I, I feel like they're pretty busy. The turnarounds are really yeah. fast though, which I like. Um
0: Right, right. And I've been doing tapes too, but I sort of just run them in the back. I do yeah. I have real-time tape decks, not a duplicator. Yeah. And I used to do four or five at once. I've lost a few decks, so I'm down to 3 yeah. right now. Really? Uh, Dude, uh Yeah. You
1: should get uh, d- uh there's a guy here that um runs a place called Saturn Duplication and uh mm. I think it's John. I'm blanking on his name uh i met him yeah i met him once in in hopes that maybe he'd want to like do a podcast or something but he was like "Nah." i was like oh okay um uh. but he he had a fucking tower it was like six foot tower that had like i want to say 10 to 12 uh cassette duplicators and then he had yeah. a, he had a master yeah. and they were all slaved to the, the to the master right.
0: uh right they have that in Music Hall, too. When I visited Music Hall, they had just a wall of probably 20.
1: Yo, like, they literally could go, oh, how many? You need 500 cassettes? They're all, boop, boop, boop. Cool. Give me, like, 20 yeah. minutes. They'll be done. You're like, oh, hell yeah. yeah. it's incredible. You yeah, know, it's super cool. Uh, and it sounds much better yeah. with the real-time decks. It sounds
0: so good. I've, I've
1: dubbed even... You know, I mean, to be honest, it wasn't too bad. I would do, like, 16 times, like, duplication on my cassettes. Yeah. But I did notice yeah. when... I had a band, I gave them their tapes, and they're like, it sounds like it's, like, going fast. And I'm like, "Uh, oh, like, the aud- like, there was a little bit of a, like, a time. Oh, just a few percent. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, a percent time. You know, they're even, like, it's,
0: like, a little faster.
1: Yeah. Like, this doesn't sound right. I'm like, uh, it sounds fine to me. Uh, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I've been there, um, definitely. So what, um, let me get back on to my, my notes that I have. Uh, What, um, what kind of bands have you worked with besides uh i like i know a handful of ones that you've posted about that you've done stuff for but what would you say is like your biggest band you think that you've done a project for and or like some of the like bands that you were like holy shit i'm doing lathe cuts for them is there any any bands like
0: that? yeah oh definitely uh let me just kind of go down the list probably the most momentous because I was waiting for th- something to happen in this camp and it did and it came to me was the hotel year goodness seven inch okay like everyone loved their record home like no place or oh or yeah I love that album the order yeah yeah and it's incredible and everyone was like what's next for them what's next for them yeah and the next thing they did was a lathe cut through me and they I did was a just like, la- oh wait crap. The, for good that's the album
1: with all the naked people on it right
0: yeah, but it was before the album came out. It was a It was a a B side, like an outtake from oh, those okay. sessions. So they they had some it songs. Was
1: awesome, and they got them cut through you. Just as like a
0: just one. Yeah, it how, was originally going to be a double groove record with the acoustic song and then a noise track. secondarily. Uh-huh. but it just ended up being the one acoustic song. I did like three hundred ish, maybe three twenty five. I did so many. I can sing that song oh, in my sleep still. Shit. You did three hundred lathe cuts for Italian. I, I did three hundred because they sold all of them. It went really well. It was super basic. I dropped them off in New York City at their show too. Oh it was shit! Wild.
1: Did you get in for free? It was wild.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course they got me in. Yeah. Yeah. A, I was just sitting there with like a box full of records and just like, here you go, friends. Did you? Uh, I had. Did You get to hang basically, out basically. Yeah, I had I had met them um, just from being in Massachusetts in the punk scene. Oh yeah,
1: because they're um, they're from East
0: Mass, right? Yeah, or no, from West, West, Mass, West Mass, West Mass, yeah, 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 not East Mass. Sorry. Um, my roommate had had grown up in Worcester around that area with them, so I knew them that way. Yeah. The second the second biggest one as far as numbers that I think I did was either one of the World Is records. Yeah, I remember those ones. Or, or the Self Defense Family, which was also like. Two to three hundred copies. Oh, I think
1: you did. Which one was that?
0: It was, uh, again, outtakes. It was literally a one sided two minute. Was that the one for uh, Dandy? The like, it was. Oh, yeah, shit. It yeah. was that it one. Was, yeah, I remember that. It was like, um, one of their outtakes and then their 10 second song or whatever it was. Yeah. That was, again, that was probably the second most I ever did. Um, at one time it was so many yeah
1: how (laughs) did you do it like you're like cool you like sat in your the your where you do your lathes you're like cool uh i'm gonna sit here for like 10 hours and just see how many i can do
0: oh god dude yeah it was it was like eight to ten hour days like for a full week to get those done (laughs) uh pretty much but i mean it was worth it right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was worth like, it, it. I mean, I like, mean it, so it ca- many people have come across those and they still talk to me about those and uh, it was fun yeah. and I, I grew up with, uh, at the time he was the drummer and now I think he plays bass. Um, Alan Huck, I grew up with him. In self-defense? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, so most of these people I knew like oh, okay. just from being around and growing yeah. up and and it was cool. I mean, some of the other stuff that like I was surprised to get... I did, one year for Record Store Day, I did a single for Plow United, which is a Delaware, Pennsylvania punk band that was active in the 90s. And they sort of had, this was their comeback record and it was incredible. Mm -hmm. And I'd never like sat and listened to them, but I was like, this is the best. And I loved it. It was for Jumpstart Records uh, at the time that one was surprising and super cool. And they, I saw them at fest the next year and I was like, this is one of my favorite bands now. Yeah. Uh, that was incredible.
1: Dude. Fest. I want to An- go to fest so bad. Um, i ho- it. I know I'm hoping this next year. I just, I never have money, dude. I'm so broke.
0: Uh, well, it's like it used to be a much bigger deal obviously coming from Connecticut driving 24 hours, but now it's like living in Florida, I live 2 hours away from Gainesville. Oh yeah, so you're yeah, you're you're like,
1: closer. Where where exactly do you live again? In
0: Tallahassee. You live in Tallahassee. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's Tallahassee. like Tallahassee. Yeah, that old Tala, that old Mountain Goats record?
1: Tallahassee, dude. I'm just kidding. All right. Um <laughs> Tala nasty is the preferred uh, <laughs> um yeah, I don't I don't know anything about It's <laughs> where
0: T-Pain's from. It's where oh, T-Pain really? is from. Oh, It's sure. where
1: Creed is from. Isn't there a NASCAR track there? It's where
0: No, no, that's Talladega. Oh, Talladega. Um, oh, like Bo- uh, Alabama. Oh, Talladega.
1: Um yeah, I don't know anything about Florida besides uh Florida just seems like a crazy fucking place. Um My, uh, you know what's funny is uh, there's a band called Ghost Cat from down in your Florida town that um, they're from uh, West Palm, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Down down Key West, maybe, or down at the tip. Uh, But yeah, John, who is a singer, he just moved here like probably six months ago, and uh, we've been hanging out a bunch and we're eventually Sweet. trying to start a new band here which i i found it really funny when he came and visited and then he moved out here i was like i literally talked to you online and then like i put out your Tape for like your band, and then you, we're just like friends. And now you live here, and we hang out all now the time. Now it's real, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the best. Yeah, it's
1: super, it's super cool though. But he, he fucking hated Florida. He's so happy now. He's not in Florida. No, I mean not to talk yeah. I'm not talking shit. I mean I kind of, no, I kind of am talking shit, but. It's um, true.
0: It's different when you grow up here, like people that grow up here and see everything that happens. Like I'm still just like acclimating to how life is like outside of the cities in Florida, yeah. you know? So Tallahassee is very much like a haven for a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So. Well, as long
1: as, long as there's cool shit going on. Also you got Gainesville it's pretty dope. I've heard. So, I mean, besides, besides yeah. just uh Fest, you know, G- effort Gainesville is pretty dope place.
0: It is. It truly is. But Yeah. I'll yeah. try,
1: to, I'll try to come out to fest this next year. Um, did you say, or no, was it a fest, or where were you at where you were doing, like, lathe cut records? Like Yeah.
0: Okay, so um, I'd cut records for a record store day at this place in Brooklyn called Human Head okay. uh, for two years. I think that was um, 2014, 2015. For two years maybe. straight,
1: you were there every day cutting records?
0: <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wish. That was fun, because that was, that was people just brought something they wanted to get cut. And they just paid me, mm-hmm. and I cut it, and they and they got their own stuff. I met. Oh, I'm probably gonna massacre this band name. I feel it's so okay. terrible. It's all
1: right. I'll, I massacre everything when I try
0: to the talk. the so so glows. That s- band the so so glows, soul glow. Yeah, <laughs> no, not soul glow, but the so so glows, like kind of an indie garagey band from Brooklyn. Um, they ran a venue, but an indie garage band from there. Brooklyn yeah believe it what believe it the so so goes and they that dude brought in a tape of him and his brothers they were family band when they were nine and ten years old oh wow and i cut that that's funny that's what i cut at record store day was
1: it a good was it was it garbage music though
0: (laughs) that was great it was great was
1: it like actual recorded or is it just like them with like a like a it was
0: like machine. a maybe a porta studio i don't know but it was good yeah it that's cool good. that's super cool i cut that so, and so then vibes. i did um, i did square of opposition fest oh uh, yeah with with square of opposition um chris reject again Pop, we're chris. shouting the hell out of him yeah yeah and that was incredible we did we did sort of like lathe cut versions of a bunch of stuff that never got released or stuff that was out of print Essentially, you, it was like a menu. You would come up and say, I want a record. Yeah. And I would cut the record mm-hmm. and then send it to you later. Yeah. Um, well, I'd cut it physically there and then get it to people later during the fest, like the next day yeah. or whatever. So that's super. It was cool. awesome. Um, it was really, really fun. I'd always wanted to do that. Uh, so it was cool to get that realized. Yeah. No, that's sick.
1: Um, anyways, I'll probably just cut it. Uh, cut it now. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh
0: Oh yeah! But yeah, thanks, no problem, thanks buddy. so much
1: for doing this podcast, man. It was really nice talking. It was actually nice, uh, kind of. It's not actually meeting in person, but this is the closest yeah. thing I can do when you're in Florida.
0: Truly nice, man. Yeah, I really hope we get to like hang out. And, yeah, uh, dude. Um, get if you ever come point, out to Portland,
1: I live in Portland, Oregon. I don't know if you've ever been to Portland. You should come visit. If you do visit, you can stay with me. I got. Th- I'm in my second bedroom with my girlfriend's. Uh, with, what's this called Hentai Posters all over the wall <laughs> Titties all over my wall Over here
0: There it yeah. is dude Yeah <laughs>
1: She's really into anime uh, But yeah uh, Yeah if you ever come I'll to Portland I'll really
0: let you know Yeah bro Carol's That'd be awesome, awesome.
1: Alright well, well thanks man Alright so that's it That's the podcast We did with Tyler um, It was a lot of fun uh, Tyler's a great person And I really respect him I respect him what he does for the music community. And uh, I just think that he's a great person. Anyways, yep, that's it for this podcast. Uh, Go ahead and follow Tyler on all his media uh, websites for audio geography. Follow his bands, Dragwag, Night Witch. I'm going to link all those down in the description for the podcast, whatever you're listening to it. Um, We have our Podomatic which is our host site. Uh, we ha- we're on iTunes. Uh, we're going to be on Spotify as soon as I put this episode up. Um, but yeah, check it out. Check out uh, Lost State Records, Bandcamp. Check out our store. we got some cool stuff. Um, some cool uh, bands that we put out. Uh, cool. Yeah, well, thanks for listening. Um, I'll talk to you later. Adios.